Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Well, all right, One Life Church, it is so good to see you this morning. How many of you are excited to be at church today? Can I hear a good amen from you in the house? Come on. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm going to go ahead and invite you to take a seat. If you haven't noticed, our service is a little bit different today. Uh, as Pastor Jason mentioned, we are doing a family service. So our kids are in the house today. All the parents, throw your hands together for the kids in the room right now. Come on, let them know how much you love them. This is such a historic day. Before we get more into that, though, I want to take a moment and look into the camera, and I want to welcome our online church family, all those joining us via technology. We love you. Those in the room at the Civic Center, throw your hands together today and welcome those joining us online. Uh, Well, for those who I've not had the opportunity to meet, my name is Rhett, and this is my wife, my beautiful wife, Linda Barden. We have the honor and privilege of being the founding pastors here at One Life Church, and we just wanted to take a moment and just welcome you and kind of give you a guide to what's going to happen today. Um, You're in for a special treat. If you haven't been here, and this is your first time, today is a historic day in that we are installing pastors Jason and Ellie Hubbard as the new lead pastor pastors of One Life Church. How many of you love the Hubbard family? Come on, throw your hands together for them. Yes. We love them very, very much. And so if you are a guest today, I just, for you, I'm speaking to you for a moment, I want to kind of give you a little bit of backstory of the miracle that is One Life Church and the seat that you are sitting in this morning. And then as I tell that story, I'm going to lead up to where we are and what's happening today and give my wife an opportunity. This is really hard as a pastor to give up the microphone, okay? But I'm going to give my wife an opportunity to share from her heart as well. And uh, this would be about maybe five, ten minutes, and then we're going to pass the baton over and just experience a miracle today. So if you're new with us, um, my wife and I and my now 14-year-old son, he was nine years at the time, and around 2015-16, the Lord really began to speak to us. Now, if you can't tell by my accent, I am not from Idaho, everybody. Okay, uh, a friend of mine the other day said, Rhett, you need to go back to the South to get your accent back, okay? Uh, and so I've kind of lost my accent, but I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama. Met and married my wife in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Come on, Texans, where you at? Nobody in the house? That's what I thought. Uh, and then through a season of events, moved back to Birmingham. Been in ministry for over 29 years. Myself, been married 16 years, going on 17 And around 2015, the Lord started stirring in my heart this crazy idea of planting a church. I know, right? And uh, so began to meet with people, men and women of God in our lives and begin to share this story. And over about a two-year journey, it became very clear that God was calling my wife and I and my son, Max, who's with us today, to plant One Life Church. Now, the big question was where? Where do we go? Right now, I was, I'm a southern boy, okay? And so as a southern boy, I'm thinking it's going to be a southern city. So we visited a lot of cities in the south that we thought we could live and plant a church in. But as we begin to pray and look at every city and every state across the country, there was one that stood out among all of them, and we had never been, and that was the state of Idaho. Now, we came and we visited in June of 2017, also known as the summer after the snow apocalypse. Come on, everybody. I did not know that. 
so when we visited here, proposing it as a city of where God might be calling us to, you know, I'm overlooking, you know, Lucky Peak and it's brimming over. I'm like, good grief, this place is just flourishing with water. The Boise River was flooded over and it was a crisp 70 degrees in the middle of June. And I'm thinking, this is amazing. I had no idea about the snow, all of that. And, and so anyway, through a season of events, God led us here. We fell in love with this city, fell in love with the people. We decided to move our family in January of 2018. And so you're used to the winter, okay? But a Southern boy, you know I'm from the South when I decided to move across the country in June across the Rocky Mountains, everybody. January, what did I just say? June, so sorry. See, you're keeping me on my toes this morning. I appreciate that. And so when we moved in January, there was snow. We dodged two snowstorms to get here. Anyway, we made it. We had about $6,000 in our checking account as a church at that time. And how many of you know you need a little bit more money than that to get started, as well as people? And here's the thing, we didn't know anybody. But by the grace of the Lord, and a person you're actually going to hear from today, Pastor Danny Schultz and his wife, Jamie, who lead a phenomenal church called Sun City Church, they had led in the valley for at least 12 years here, and they connected us with some of you who are in the room today. So we started making calls, and by the grace of the Lord, leading up to when we planted One Life Church in September, keep my date straight, 16th of 2018, 55 people decided, you know what, I'm going to get along on this crazy ride with these Southerners to plant a church right here in Nampa. And, uh, you know, we had 262 people show up on that day. Seven people made decisions for the Lord. And the rest is, as, as they say, history. Amen. And so many of you are in this room today because of that. But this church has never been built on a people, on a pastor, or on a platform. It's been built on the presence of Jesus Christ. Come on, can I get a better amen, somebody? And so our journey here has been amazing. So fast forward to where we are today. So four years in, we've seen hundreds of people give their heart to Christ, come to know God, find freedom, discover the purpose, and make a difference. This past year, Linda and I were praying, and the Lord really began to lay it on our heart around June of last year about a transition that we didn't see coming. I share more about that in detail on a message I talked about on how to discern the best time, when to make a major life change. And so we began to discuss this. I met with our elders and our board. Pastor Danny was one of them. And in that season, we began to pray, okay, well, who's the one to take the baton? Well, through a season of, of prayer, we were introduced to Pastor Jason and Ellie through the relationship of Pastor Danny and Jamie, who are our overseers. And we got to know them. And I'll tell you what, we fell in love with them the moment we met them. And then we were like, this is a God thing. He's graced it. And so about three months ago, we made the official announcement to you as a church that we were going to be making a transition. And this would be the moment that we would pass the baton. And we decided as leaders, we wanted to do everything that we could with the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and Jason and Ellie as well, and the board, that we wanted this transition to be one that would go down in the history books of how you do church transitions, okay? And so we wanted this to be biblical, honoring to you, honoring to the valley, honoring to God. And so by the grace of the Lord, we've been just so blown away at what God has done, what he's doing, and what he's getting ready to do. Now, with that said, I'm going to pass the mic to my wife now, who you're going to enjoy hearing from a lot more. Here's my beautiful wife, Linda, everybody. Make her feel welcome. Good morning. I want, just wanted to say a couple of sentences, and I wanted to start with that. I love you, and I am proud of you. You know, you heard news a couple of months ago that may have been surprising, and you have done so well in staying focused on the fact that the church is built on one cornerstone, and his name is Jesus. 
And I just wanna say thank you for staying focused on the fact that this body is also built on that one cornerstone. It's never been built on people, these two people. And we get to be part of this journey. We got to be part of the story. And I wanna say thank you for helping pioneer this movement this body, and I am so grateful for Pastors Jason and, and Ellie. We're so proud of you. Yeah. We love you. And I just wanted to let you know you always have a place in my heart and in my home. So if you ever come to the Deep South, you find me, okay? <laughs> Thank you, babe. Yes, go ahead. Amen. And so with that, I wanted her to share that as well from her heart to you, but I want you to hear that from me as well. Church, I love you, and I'm proud of you. You were never my church. You were always God's. And I've been so grateful. I told myself I wasn't going to cry. But I have been so grateful for the privilege and the honor that it has been to be able to be a small part in stewarding what is God's. And so I just want to say thank you because today is an incredible moment. Today is a celebration for what God is doing in and through his people, and what he wants to do in this valley. Great things have happened, but my friends, I'm telling you that the best is yet to come. This church is not only going to go on for a generation, but generations until the Lord comes, my friends. And that's because of you, his presence, and his people. So I love you. We love you. Thank you for making this incredible. And so, without further ado, what I would like to do now in this moment is Um, As I mentioned, kind of in that short little snippet of a story, pastors Danny and Jamie Schultz of Sun City Church, who have been acting overseers in our life as a board, who are continuing to be active board members and directors here at One Life and spiritual oversight over the Hubbard family and One Life Church, they have played such a pivotal role in our lives in helping us launch this church, sustain this church, and introduce us to the Hubbards and the relationship they've had in moving forward. And so they've been a tremendous blessing. And so we've asked that pastors Pastor Danny would come up and share a word with you about his love for you and kind of moving forward and helping us just bring some biblical truth to what's going to happen in this service today. So we're an honoring church. Would you do this with me, you guys? There wouldn't be a One Life Church without this man. Come on, throw your hands together. Welcome Pastor Danny Schultz to the platform, everybody. Well, how are we doing, One Life? Man, what a what a historic day for this church and significant for the spiritual climate of the Treasure Valley, something that I care a lot about. I think I've told you this basically every time I've been here, but man, I prayed a lot of prayers for the Treasure Valley and uh, went to, to college here in Nampa and uh, then pastored here in Nampa along with my wife um, for, for a lot of years and just sowed a lot of prayer and a lot of love into this place. And so it's always such an honor to be back here in the Treasure Valley and get to minister and preach. And today I feel an extra sense of anticipation and excitement to be a part of this historic day. Uh, I want to just honor a few people that are here with us today. And, uh, and so if you would just join me in honoring a few folks today, I want to start by honoring uh, Jason's mother and father who are here with us today, uh, Lanny and Joanne Hubbard. Would you honor, honor Lanny and Joanne? So glad that you guys are here. So awesome. Also, Ellie's mother and her husband, Betty and Dave Meglasek, are here. Would you honor Betty and Dave? Because they're here. 
Thank you for being with us. Uh, we also have Daryl and Michael Corbin, pastors Daryl and Michael, elder and lead pastor of Manor House Church. We are so glad to have you. Thank you for being with us. Last but not least, we have pastors Mark and Dee Dee Bryan here with us, friends of the house, pastors of Harvest Church in Meridian. You guys stand. Thank you for being here with us today. So glad you're here. And uh, Jason did want me to give you one quick announcement in the midst of our family service. If uh, your kids are just getting a little too wiggly and you'd prefer and feel more comfortable, they do have a parents' room set up out that direction. with the service piped into it so you can still listen uh, on the television and the audio. Uh, but just if you're feeling like, ah, we got to get out, there's a place for you. Um, so I wanted to let you know that. Hey, I, I do want to just take a moment and uh, just tell you a little bit. You, you know, Pastor Rhett told you about our story, um, but I so remember we met Pastors Rhett and Linda at a conference in Birmingham, Alabama. We were going back there to get some training and learn more uh, how to plant our own church and how to keep improving the systems. And um, it was a powerful time, but my pastor, Pastor Mark Estes uh, of Manor House Church, he was sitting all the way up in the front of the conference with the important people. And he was sitting right next to a very important person, Pastor Rhett and Linda, all the way up at the front. And me and Jamie and our team, we're sitting all the way at the back of the conference. You know what I'm saying? Like the cheap seats that you buy when you're a church planner. We're way in the back. And the important people had a conversation. And Rhett was sharing with Pastor Mark. He said, man, God's called us to plant this church in Boise, Idaho. And Pastor Mark was like, you got to meet my friend, Danny and Jamie. And they've pastored here. And, and I remember he connected us. And we we did some coffee right away, and then we went out to breakfast at that amazing breakfast spot in Birmingham and had Eggs Benedict or something. It was amazing. Uh, but I remember we, we sat down, and one of the things that just filled my heart um, as they were sharing their heart to move out here and plant a church, I was just so excited for the blessing that they would be to the Treasure Valley. And we had, we had pastored here for a while, and um, man, I, one thing I know for sure is the Treasure Valley needs many more great pastors and great churches. Can an a, get an amen. There, it's not enough to have one good one. We literally need dozens and hundreds of life-giving, Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled, gospel-preaching churches that make a difference in this community. And so I just, I, you know, I met them. I was like, man, I'm so excited that they're going and going to give their lives serving people. And uh, as the Lord would have it, the Lord would prompt them to ask us to be a part of the journey. And as he shared, we got to, um, you know, share some contact info and say, hey, here's some really good people. I would encourage you to reach out to them. And we did some text introductions. I just tried to connect people into this church that was forming. And um, I have had then since the honor of being with you and speaking to you then several times over the years that you've been meeting together in this place. And uh, every time I'm here, this is what I say about them is this is a couple that loves you so much. And as we were worshiping, as I was praying, I was just thinking, it's so important. Um, They already individually said it to you, right? Linda said, I want you to know this. I love you. And Rhett said, I want you to hear it from me too. I love you. And I just want to confirm as somebody that has walked alongside them and taken many phone calls and had many meals, like their love for you just comes out again and again and again. If there's one thing that I would say marks the burden, they love the people of God. They, they love you. They love you, church. And so I think it's really important, even in days like this where there's transition and it's like, oh, I feel a little uncomfortable. I just want you to know this. You are loved by both of these wonderful families. And I, uh, Pastor Rhett and Pastor Lynn, I want to honor you for your faithfulness 
boldness and your faith, uh, that bold, contagious, courageous spirit of stepping out and creating something from nothing. I know the work that goes into that. And uh, perhaps there aren't all that many people in the room that know it. There are definitely a few, but my goodness, you guys have sacrificed and you've loved and you've served and you've done a great job pastoring this church. And I I know the Lord um, feels it in his heart. He just says, well done, good and faithful servants. We love you so much, church. Can we just take another opportunity and honor Pastors Rhett and Pastor Linda? You guys are amazing. We love you so much. beautiful. It's beautiful. And pastors Jason and Ellie, man, I, I'm just so excited for you guys in this new uh, moment of the journey. We got to know you several years ago, hung out a little bit at some conferences. And then I specifically remember a retreat that Pastor Tim at River Valley Church invited me to come speak. And uh, I remember just listening to you both ask questions and dig in in that environment. And I remember thinking to myself, like, these young leaders are sharp. They are going somewhere. God has plans for them beyond uh, what it is that they're doing right now. And so just as we were in the middle of praying through this transition and Pastor Mark, um, I was calling him on the phone and said, hey, I think we have a transition coming. Um, you know, he's like, well, have you ever thought about Jason and Nellie? The Lord brought him up in prayer. I remember connecting with you guys. And just, it's been so cool to see the Lord weave it all together. And I want you to know I'm so proud of you for your step of faith. I know there's been sacrifice made all the way from Portland to move here, to minister in several different contexts. You guys are phenomenal leaders. And this church is so blessed to have you. Um, We'll probably have a time of larger applause for you in the service. So I'll just wait on that in a second. But I want to, before we do that, and before we pray over Jason and Ellie and install them as lead pastors, I do want to open the Bible a little bit because we're a Bible-believing church. Amen. Amen. We don't want to miss out on the Word of God. And there's a, there's a historic moment in the Bible that's similar to what we're going through here today. There's this moment in the book of Numbers chapter 27 where Joshua is succeeding Moses, And what I want to do today really briefly in the word is I want to point out that there's four key characters in the story. The four characters are God and the predecessor Moses and the successor Joshua. But the fourth character that's so important is the congregation. And I want to just kind of point these out as we go to the word. So if you want to open your Bibles um, to to Numbers 27, if you have it, um, this is where we get the story from. Numbers 27 Verse 12 starts like this. It says, then the Lord said, and I just want to stop there, and I want to notice that God is first in the story. Then the Lord said, God is always writing his story, and he's been the author of the one life story the whole time. Now, Moses and Joshua and the whole congregation, they were really aware of who was in charge of this moment and who wasn't in charge. And sometimes when you deal with succession and transition, there's a little bit of a power struggle between a predecessor and a successor. And it's been so beautiful to watch these two families serve one another and recognize who's really in charge and his name is Jesus. And you, you hear that coming out of their hearts this morning. Jesus is the head of his church. Ephesians chapter one says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Now notice this, in accordance with his pleasure and will. 
God has a pleasure. God has a will. God has a desire and a purpose. And One Life Church is a part of his story. God birthed it and God will sustain it. So it's so important that we start there. He's the first character of the story. But the second character we'll see in Numbers 27 is the predecessor, Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, go up on this mountain in the Abiram range and see the land I've given to the Israelites. And after you have seen it, you too will be gathered to your people. And what I want to point out in this passage of scripture is that Moses had a promised land to see, but Moses didn't actually enter into the promised land, yet he's the one that saw it. The vision in his heart, it was the thing that captured his attention. And I want to just note that the Bardens have been given insight to the promises of God for his church. They saw a vision, and I've just heard the story of them at the cross up on top of the land, looking over the city and the man who was crying and hearing the prayers of God and just the burden of God on their hearts for this whole region. Um, it was in the place of prayer and the place of response that God actually gave this couple a download for part of what he wanted to do here in the Treasure Valley. They begin to sense that God had something else that was in store for them as they look forward to another chapter coming up, but there was a deposit in them from the very beginning. Verse 15 says, Moses said to the Lord, may the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community. So Moses prayed, God, let there be a successor. I see the promised land, but I know I'm not the one to enter into it. Would you appoint someone? Would you raise someone up? And I want you to know the heart of your pastors. They prayed that prayer. God, we feel a different assignment coming up in a further situation here. We feel a, a call back to Alabama. Would you raise up and you would, would you appoint a successor? And God answered and heard that prayer. Which leads us to the third character of the story, the successor, Joshua. Verse 17 says, appoint a successor to go out and come in before them one who will lead them out and bring them in. So the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Eliezer, the priest and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority so that the whole Israelite community will obey him. And this is what we're about to see in the rest of our service in the midst of this transition. And I just want to point out a couple things about the successor before we have that moment together. Notice a couple things in this passage. Number one, the successor Joshua, and I'll just speak this over Jason and Ellie from the word of God. They have proven leadership gifting says this, they're the ones who are going to lead them and bring them out and bring them in. And I want you to know as friends of this couple, they are those who have built and led ministries in the local church. They're those that have developed leaders. They have a proven track record across many years of serving God faithfully. And I want you to know this, One Life Church is an overseer with you from the very beginning and excited to journey with you into the future. You are receiving wonderful pastors here today. They're amazing. I want to give them my highest endorsement. Here's the second thing. They have shepherd's hearts. Verse 17 says, so the Lord's people will not be like sheep that will be without a shepherd. 
These are not just leaders, they're pastors. You can hear it as they talk about you and you could hear it as they pray for you and even the way that they've integrated within One Life Church and met with people for dinner and prayed over them. Like you can just so sense the heart of shepherd upon them. And if you haven't had the opportunity to just sit with the Hubbards and experience the grace upon them as shepherds, you are going to love it. You're gonna feel that shepherd's touch. Here's the third one. They have the spirit upon them. Verse 18 says, take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership. And I want you to know the Hubbards are Holy Spirit people. They're filled with God's spirit and anointed by God for the task ahead. Number four, they placed before, they were placed before the leadership and the congregation. Verse 19 Moses says, have, have them stand before Eliezer the priest and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. And this is what we're about to do with them in just a few minutes here. And number five, the last one, is they walk in authority as the result of the laying on of the hands of the predecessor. Verse 20 says, give him some of your authority so that the whole Israelite community will obey him. So I just want you to understand this biblically. What you're about to experience and participate in isn't just some ceremony that we do in church, but something significant is about to take place in the spirit. And God chose you to be a part of it today, which leads us to the final character in the story. And that character is you. You are a significant part of what God wants to do today. The fourth character in the story is the congregation. The children of Israel are so important to the next chapter in the biblical text. And the congregation of One Life Church is absolutely so important to this next chapter for what God wants to do in the Treasure Valley. It's your responsibility this morning to embrace the sovereignty of God. God's writing the story. It's your responsibility to embrace the timing of God. This is God's timing. God authored this thing. Now's the moment. It's your responsibility to embrace the selection of God. These are our new pastors, and we're going to open our hearts and embrace them with all that we have. And guess what happened? The people of God, they thrived under Joshua's leadership. Joshua took them into the promised land and they conquered territory and took new ground and God blessed them immensely and the purposes of God moved forward. I love what it says about it in Joshua chapter one, verse five. It says, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. The people of God had faith for the transition and their godly response determined the victorious outcome for them as a congregation. This is what God has for you today. So here's my charge. This as we close. My charge for you, five things. Embrace the next chapter with a spirit of faith. Embrace the next chapter with the spirit of faith. Lift up your faith and say, God isn't done with us. We are just getting started. Fresh momentum is coming to the house of God. I have faith for all that he wants to do. Number two, walk in unity with each other at all costs. Jamie was just sharing with us beforehand as we were gathering as a team that God has a plan, but guess what? The enemy also has a plan. And he loves to use moments of transition to come in and try to bring division and distraction and all kinds of distortion. And we say no to the plans of the enemy and yes to walking with one another in love and unity just as would please the Lord. Number three, I'm gonna challenge you this. Support Jason and Ellie 
as your new lead pastors with your whole heart. Be supportive to them. Pray for them every single day. Ask them questions. Hey, pastor, what do you need? What can I do for you? What would take a load off of your shoulders? Is there anything that we can do? If you are supportive, you're gonna watch the wind of the spirit of God come into this church like never before and you will accomplish the mission of God ahead of you in the days ahead. Number four, commit to being a contributor and building this great church into its next chapter. Come on, God hasn't called us just to be consumers of religious goods and services. God's called us to be contributors, ministers in his house. God's given them a grace and a calling to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. But the saints have to say, yes, pastor, equip us. We're ready to be used by God in our city and in the house of God. So open your heart, be a contributor. And last one, believe that God's best is still ahead of you. And we're so thankful for these days that we've walked together. So thankful for this special sauce of community that we have here at One Life Church. So thankful for the relationships and the leadership and the friendships and the love that we've shared with the Bardens and one another. But this is what we know, that the path of the just shines brighter and brighter to the perfect day. God's plans for your church, they're great and they're amazing and his best is still ahead of you. And if you carry that in your heart, God's gonna do some amazing things in and through you in the days ahead. I'm so excited. And before we call up the hovers and we lay hands and minister and speak words of life over them, we just wanna share with you a brief video from some important folks in their life that just wanna share in the excitement and then we'll get to prayer. So let's go ahead and watch this video. Hello, and this is Mark and Dee Dee, and we are from Harvest Church in Meridian, and we are so excited that uh, Jason and Ellie are taking the lead role at One Life Church in Napa. We know they will do excellently. They have great training, great parentage, and much extensive background with the local church and with teaching and with pastoral work and children's ministry and music and all the necessary things for a healthy local church. So we're excited for you. We're celebrating with you. What a great day. Congratulations, everyone. Hey, we're just so happy for Jason and Ellie and for you guys to have such a great team working together there at One Life Church. And one word that I would say about Jason and Ellie is they're tried and they're true and they'll be faithful to the Lord and to you. And they're wonderful people. And we just love you both so much, Jason and Ellie. Um, Wonderful, dear friends. Be blessed. God bless you. Hey, One Life Church, this is Pastor Mark Estes at Manor House out in Portland, Oregon. Listen, I just wanted to just let you know, Jason and Ellie know, just how excited I am about this new chapter. Listen, we love you guys so much. Want to let you know, One Life, you have some of the absolute best pastors on the planet coming your way. I've known these guys for decades. They are some of God's cream of the crop. So excited that this has worked out for all of you. And for Jason and Ellie, listen, so proud of you. Man, you guys are custom fit for this. We are believing God's absolute best for the years to come. Sure love you guys. God bless you guys. And let's do this. I'd like to add my congratulations from both Glenda and I to Jason and Ellie for uh, this special occasion. Promotion comes from the Lord. And the Lord is the one that arranges and orders our life and our steps. And I really believe he's been ordering yours. Obviously, I've been involved in your lives for many years. Jason, I've known you your whole life. 
Ellie, we go way back to significant times in college, and and I just I just want to say I see the hand of God upon you as I always have, and this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. And for for whoever is watching this, that's just getting to know Jason and Ellie, I just want you to know you can trust them. They are people that you can trust the purity of their motive. You can trust the sincerity of their devotion to the Lord. You can trust their training and experience and their diligence to respond to every season that God has brought their way to learn from it and grow through it. And you can trust the fact that the Lord's hand is upon them and they will only do you good. I wish you the best. Bless you. From Glenda and I, you're in our hearts. We love you. Amen, amen. Well, at this time, we'd like to invite the worship team up and all of the prayer team up, Jason and Ellie up. This is our moment of prayer. And um, congregation, what I'd, what I'd love to ask you to do is just um, really lean into this time. We're going to we have a lot of prayers over them in this, this historic hour. And so just encourage you to, to enter into the spirit of prayer and worship. You can extend your hands and be praying for them. But just listen uh, to some of these prayers and some of these words over them. Um, they're going to be something that um, is sown into their hearts. But more than that, they're also sown into your heart as a congregation. And so uh, join us in prayer. Let me just lead off with a prayer. I'll move this over. And then, uh, and then we'll minister over them. Father, we thank you for this moment. Thank you for the Hubbard family. God, what they mean to us as a congregation. Lord, what they mean to the valley. What they mean in the kingdom of God. Lord, we even pray as we enter into this prayer time, this time of laying on of hands, Lord, that you would be with us and Holy Spirit, you would speak to us and speak to them, speak to this church, quicken your word to them in Jesus' name. Thank you for it. Thank you for your grace and your anointing right now. Thank you, Lord. Jason and Ellie, as I was praying for you this week, I, the, the story that God quickened to me uh, is the story in 1 Samuel with Jonathan and his armor bearer. And it was interesting because I saw you as Jonathan and the armor bearer. And it was like there was going to be seasons where one of you would be Jonathan and one of you would be the armor bearer. And then there'd be like the next day, Ellie, you'd be Jonathan and uh, Jason, you'd be the armor bearer, like back and forth, back and forth. And what I love about the story is there's these, this wonderful spirit of faith in the armor bearer. It's like Jonathan has this crazy idea. He's like, Perhaps if we go up there, the Lord will do something. Perhaps if we step out and take on this church assignment. I don't even know if we're ready for it or not. It's, no, maybe God could work. And I love what the armor bearer says. He says, do all that's in your heart. I'm with you, heart and soul. And there's going to be moments, Jason, where you have a perhaps in your spirit. I think God wants us to go in this direction. I think God wants to take this step of faith. And Ellie, you're going to be like, do all that's in your heart. I'm with you, heart and soul. But then there's going to be moments where it's like, God wants us to do this, Jason. I see it. I believe it. I can sense it in the spirit. And Jason, you're going to say, do all that's in your heart. I'm with you, heart and soul. And God's going to give you a fresh spirit of faith to take the church into places that it hasn't been before. What I love about it is it says they crawled up on their hands and their knees toward the battle. 
And God says, I've seen you on your knees. I've seen you crawling forth with your hands. I've seen you serving in places that nobody else saw. Seen your willingness to do all kinds of things in the house of God. Whatever it takes, I'll do this, I'll do that. I'll serve children, I'll serve adults, I'll serve young adults, I'll, I'll be in facilities, I'll make graphics, I'll do communication, I'll send emails, I'll do admin, I'll preach, I'll teach, I'll prophesy, I'll do whatever it is you want me to do. I'm just here on my hands and my knees, a servant in your house. God said he's seen your faithfulness. He's so proud of you. As they went up toward the battle, it says the Lord won a great victory that day. So there were, there were just a few that were overtaken in the battle, but it turned the tide of a greater battle that was taking place in Israel. I felt like the Lord gave me a promise for you that there's going to be some victories that come out of One Life Church that literally turn the tide in some areas in the body of Christ. There's going to be some keys that God put in your hand and they're going to unlock things here, but they're going to spread across the body of Christ to the nation and to the nation. And literally, he's going to give you some seemingly small victories here in small Nampa, Idaho, but they're going to be uh, victories that resound across the nation and God works mighty things in and through you and your church. And God, we pray for that spirit of faith that perhaps in their heart. Perhaps the Lord would do something. Perhaps we could record a worship album and it would go out and soften hearts and change lives and bring glory to God. Perhaps we could put together a discipleship series and churches would adopt it and people would walk closer to you. Perhaps we could take a step of faith with the building. Perhaps we could do something that we've never done before, perhaps. And God, today we, we declare that spirit of faith, Lord, to lead into the future in Jesus' name. You know, as I, I was praying over you guys, just that word, I love that word, Joshua, that there's a, a thing that God's called you to lead the people into. And what just stuck out in my spirit is there's a level of confidence that God's calling out for you. And all those times that it says in Joshua 1, be strong and be courageous over and over again. Be courageous because it's a new season and it's a new leadership. And I want to call that out of you, but I also just felt like, um, you know, one of the things that God's going to do is Joshua led some unusual victories, some battle plans that are just like, only God could think of that. Like nobody, nobody would come up with that unless God had spoken that. And the reason why Joshua could lead the way that he, he could is because he knew what it was like to be in the presence of God. And there's just another level, I believe, that God's calling you in today as there's a mantle coming on your shoulders of prayer, of waiting on him, of hearing the strategy and being able to be the leaders God's called you to be. So God, I thank you for these these two leaders. And God, I thank you for this family because God, it is. It's a call on the whole family. And God, as, as a congregation, as elders, as leaders, as friends, God, we come around them today and God, we come into agreement for this courage to come in their spirits here today. God, a grace, God, to be able to step into this mantle, to this call. God, we call it out of them even now God, that there's a strength and a courage that comes by your spirit that's coming upon the two of them together, that's coming upon their children, that's coming upon their household, and it will come upon the team that's coming alongside of them. God, there is a courage 
coming alongside the team to be able to do all that you've called them to do. And there are strategies, God, there are plans that you are giving them for the valley. And I just see them. I see you meeting in houses. I see it just being very, um, it being very you. Not, not trying to fit anyone else's armor, but just gathering people around, raising disciples, imparting long meals into the night, teaching people how to follow Jesus. And I see it multiplying over and over and over again. Just getting into that place of God, I'm hearing your voice, I'm doing what you say. And it might be strange to some, it might seem like it's kind of out of the ordinary, but you'll know because you've been in the presence of God, you've heard his voice. You'll be doing all that he's put in your heart. And I pray, Father, just that grace to lead victory. God, to lead the people into great victory because they've heard you first. God, we pray it over them even now and come into agreement, God, with all of your plans for their life. In Jesus' name. Oh, I'm Jason's mom, and I have a few tears already, so forgive me if I break down and sob, which I, no guarantees. I want to tell you, because I'm a mom, that when Jason was two and a half or three years old, he stood in our living room and he took a turkey baster. <laughs> and he uh, took that turkey baster and he stood with his feet apart and he was preaching. And he was preaching the covenant of God. He was two and a half or three years old. And I share that story because his heart has been with God all of his life. And when he and Ellie got together, that heart became two, became one. And you are inheriting, I'm biased, I know, but you are inheriting some great people here. And I wanna take a minute and recycle a word that was given by our son-in-law, Daniel, about four or five years ago. And I don't know if he shared this, but four or five years ago, he had a brain tumor. It was a hard time because we did not know the outcome. And there was a prayer meeting the day before, the night before surgery. And again, forgive me. <laughs> and uh, we gathered around Jason. I think he was out of it. I don't even know if he remembers this word. Um, but our son-in-law, Daniel, was there with our daughter. And he prayed a prayer and prophesied from the life of David. And I think there's a theme here this morning already. And Daniel said, again, I'm recycling, David had to fight some personal battles. And David had to fight the bear and the lion. And those were personal battles for them, him to fight. And I, we believed in, at the time that this was a personal battle for Jason and Ellie to go through. Very personal, as well as some other things walking through during that time. But the whole point was, after he fought the bear and the lion, it strengthened David. And after that strengthened, he was able to go out and fight what? Goliath. And fighting Goliath was for the people. And I want you to know that these two have fought the lion and the bear personally, and they are here before you to fight for you. They will fight for you in prayer, they will fight for you in word and in spirit, and you can trust them to be fighting on their hands and knees before God for you. 
So I, I just feel like that needs to be recycled for you guys today. And also I uh, echo what you said about a calling of God in your family. And I've talked to you guys about this before. You grew up with a call of God. Our family had a call of God for ministry. All of our kids have been involved in that all of our lives, all of their lives. And I just want to pass that on to these guys. Amen. And I want to pray for these guys because they are, there's a call of God on this family, not just Jason and Ellie, but this family. And they're going to fight and do great things for God together and individually. And along with that, I just want to pray too for families out here. We live in a dark culture. We need the light. And you parents that are raising children today, I just want to pray for you as well as I pray for these guys. Because God will give you what you need to raise up children who will do battle in the kingdom of God and will be light as the culture grows darker. Okay, let's pray. Father God, I pray for Penny. Oh God, thank you for her. I pray for Simone, Lord Jesus. I pray for Dustin. Oh God, that you would grow them up in you. Give them hearts for the house. Give them hearts for Jesus. Give them hearts to share, Lord. And Father, as a family, I pray that you would continue the call that I believe is on this family as a family, Lord. And by the same token, I just pray for families out here in the congregation today. Lord, strengthen parents, give them wisdom, help them to stand strong, Lord, as they raise their children. Father, put a spirit within each child represented to here, each family represented here today. Lord, we need the light as never before. And there's a generation that you are preparing. It's your work, Lord, and we call upon your grace to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm, Jesus. When the Apostle Paul finishes the book of Romans in chapter 16, and he's greeting a lot of people, and when people read through the Romans, they skip chapter 16, because it says, say hi to here, and say yo to Uncle Edward, and so forth, you know, and just a, but in there, there's a very important little thing that twice in that chapter, he says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, and greet also Andronicus and Unia. Out of all the individuals, what Paul did is he picked two couples and he mentioned them by name. Because some people are in ministry as individuals and they're gifted. Some people are in ministry because they're couples. And when he talks about Andronicus and Uni, he said they are outstanding among the apostles. Which means here's a couple and the apostles know about them. They know their names. And I think it's very important that we see in order to have a healthy church so that all members, male and female, are ministered to, it takes a couple. It takes somebody who has a heart for half the congregation and another one who has a heart for the, and parents who have hearts for the kids that grow up. And that's very important. And I just want to give you guys a scripture. This is a commissioning passage because it's in a section that a man is being commissioned. His name is Jeremiah. And it's in that great chapter, chapter one, where God says to Jeremiah, when you were in the womb being formed, I knew you and I appointed you. 
and it goes back just to the foreknowledge of God. But I, I want to speak just two verses. I'll read them. It's in verses 9 and 10. It says, Then the Lord reached out his hand, and he touched my mouth. This is Jeremiah saying that God touched my mouth. And he told me this, I have now. I'm dad, I can do this, all right. I have now filled your mouth, and I'll say mouths, with my words. They're not just your words anymore, they're his. But then he adds this, and this is important. So I have appointed you today over nations and kingdoms to do this, to uproot, to tear down, to destroy, to demolish, to build, and to plant. And I think, Jason, you already said it this morning, last night you didn't sleep. Because the burden of the call of God, you feel it. The responsibility of people's lives, and Ellie, you too. And as that burden comes, we cannot have a romantic vision of what pastoring is. Because sometimes in pastoring, we have to uproot. Sometimes in pastoring, we have to tear down. And we do that so that we can build and we can plant. And God will fill your mouths in different seasons, sometimes to correct, sometimes to encourage, but always for the sake of leading God's people and letting the word come forth. And to you as a congregation, the great chapter, John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. And he says this, my sheep know my voice. And if God puts his words in their mouth, learn their voice, learn to hear from them and so forth. And it goes on to say in verse five, and they won't follow a stranger because they know the voice of their shepherd. And we come into some really crazy times. Our world is just going through chaos right now. And the stabilizing force in a flock, and when the sheep begin to stir at night, the shepherd would begin to talk and speak over the flock and that would put them all at ease because they knew that voice. And if that voice is confident, they can relax. And so the Lord is gonna fill your mouth. I just wanna pray. Lord, we just pray for this family. We pray, Lord, that you would touch their mouths, not just in preaching, but in encouraging and counseling and directing fill their mouths with your words and as a couple that they would both have the call of God that they would both reach out that they would both now direct words for this congregation let their words go out whatever you choose to say through them whether it's easy or whether it's not that they would be your mouthpiece to this congregation thank you Father for your grace Amen Just thinking about all that God is putting in your hearts and has put in your hearts and gifted you to do, to serve, and to give as you go through this journey. I just want to encourage you to don't forget some of the simple things that you know, but sometimes we are moving so fast and 
our hearts are so big to do all the good things that we forget to do the, some of the simple things. And so um, I just want to read you Matthew 11. This is so familiar, but don't, don't forget it. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So walk in that. And I just want to add too, in this same idea um, about your kids and your family. And I want to say to you, the congregation, that one of the greatest gifts that my husband and I, our family, was given when we planted our church and we served there for so many years is they gave our kids the gift of not knowing that they were pastor's kids. And so I just want to encourage you to do that same, give them the same gift. These are kids. And so let them also know that God's yoke is easy and the burden is light. That's awesome. Um, Jason and Ellie, uh, I'm so proud of you. I can't tell you. And kids, we are so proud of you. Um, man, your best days are in front of you. I just believe with all of my heart. And I, um, I thought back to a time I walked in. Uh, Jason worked on my team at Mana House. And I, I remember walking in on a Sunday morning and Jason was sitting at his desk crying, literally just like, uh, he, he was, and I said, and it's so unusual because Jason is a very joyful person, like even in the darkest moments. And I thought, this must be bad. This must be really bad. And he said, um, he said, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, my, my volunteers, the team, everybody canceled this morning. And uh, um, I've got, there's so many kids. And I'm telling you, Jason and Ellie were unbelievable children's pastors. Uh, they developed an atmosphere that all the kids wanted to be in. Everybody wanted to be there. And, uh, and here, here's what I heard from Jason. He said, I don't know what I'm not doing. He, he actually took the challenge of the morning and went introspective. And he was like, how can I be a better leader? And I'll tell you, in the, it was one of a, the most challenging moments. And Jason, Jason wasn't mad at the team. He was actually saying, what can I do better? What can I do better? What can I do better? And I'll tell you, that has been, he is the most teachable person I know. Honestly, he is a, has a heart to learn and to grow. But here's the deal. You guys have learned well, and you'll keep learning but it's time to lead at a new level. It's time to lead at a new level. You're moving to a new level of leadership today. Even when Pastor Rhett and Linda lay hands on you, something's going to shift in your life. There's a new authority, a new mantle. And I felt from Paul's words to Titus to just read this over you. Um, I, Titus is a, a little book that a lot of times people don't really know what to do with, but it's a model for church leadership and church life. And this is what Paul said. He said, this is why I left you in Crete. So that you might put what remained into order. That's what the ESV says. But really what he's saying is there's some things that I didn't get to. And I want you to do it. And I feel a commissioning word and a sense of authority that needs to come on you today. Lead the flock of God. 
take the mantle today and put into order what Rhett didn't get to. Okay, what, what, what in their chapter they saw, now it's time for you to pick up the mantle, appreciate yesterday, but lead into tomorrow. Lead with faith, lead with expectation, and you can hear Paul's sense of authority saying, take the leadership, take the mantle, pick it up and do it. You see the same thing in Acts 13. The Holy Spirit said, separate unto me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work. There's a work to do. There's a, a work, but with that, there was an authority. And with the laying on of hands, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit commissioned them, so they went. There has to be a picking up and a going out. There's got to be a sense of reading. All right, Paul, I'll take the word and I'll go with it. Man, every one of those moments where you've sat and wept and said, God, what, what can we do better? And I know there's been a lot more of them where the Lord's adjusted and tweaked and spoken into your life. They all culminate in this moment. And C.S. Lewis, I wish I could be like the guy, but he says, he said, this moment contains all moments. So every moment of your life is like, culminating in this moment where Paul says pick up the mantle set in order the things that are lacking appoint elders in every city preach, rebuke declare you can just hear the authority of that epistle just ringing let it ring in your spirits today and do the work that God has called you to do and Rhett and Linema just say this to you as well while we were worshiping I looked across the crowd and I saw you guys and I actually saw and I heard the word cluster. I just see a cluster of churches that the Lord is going to develop out of your ministry. Um, I, I don't know what's next for you right over the horizon, but this I know. There's a work that God has called you to. And while this is the end of a chapter, you can hear even Paul's words saying, hey, Titus, this is why I'm leaving you here. But there was something in Paul's spirit to go on to the next. And in going on to the next, there were other churches planted around Asia Minor. And I saw three to five year windows. I saw at least three of them where the Lord was going to unpack some other churches out of who you guys are as a couple. I think the Lord's going to give you more than one city. And there's going to come a day where you're going to sit in your rocker at the end of your life. And you're going to think back over the cities. And there's going to be thousands upon thousands of people that are calling out to the Lord, many of whom don't even know your name. But it's going to be the fruit of what you guys initiated. And I'm here to tell you today, this is not the only time you'll stand and hand the baton off. I want to declare that to you today. This is not the only time. But there's going to be moments in your journey where you're going to hand the baton to others and you're going to see them setting into order the things that you didn't get to but you saw in your spirit. Some plant and stay for a lifetime. Others go on a circuit. And I just hear the Lord saying, there's going to be an unusual thing that I do and I unpack in your life. Watch it unfold. Watch it unfold. I think now I give you the mic, right? <laughs> Thank you. My wife, Linda, I'll give you the microphone. Yeah, again, we love you so much. We're so proud of you. And we are celebrating you today and all that God is going to do in you and through you. So God, we thank you for Pastor Jason and for Pastor Ellie. God, I thank you that you have called them to this body, that you have equipped them to serve and to lead this body. And God, I thank you that you are giving them the grace and the strength 
to, to lead and to serve well. Yeah. God, I thank you for dreams and visions in, their, in the night. God, I thank you right now that you are giving them fresh vision and a new anointing for this season. God, we bless them in your name, and we are honored to send them forward, God. Lord, I pray over Penny and Simone and Dustin. God, I thank you that they are marked by you, that there is a purpose and a calling in their life. And God, I thank you that no evil will befall them, nor any plague come near their dwelling, but they will live in the house of the Lord forever, and they will accomplish all that you have set out for them to do. Jason and Ellie, Hubbard family, I love you very much. So proud of you guys. Penny, Simone, and Dustin, you're incredible. You love God. I've seen that. You love your family. You love this church. And it is an honor to get to call you friends and family. So this is the moment. There's been a lot of prayers said. I don't know how much more words I can add to the prayers before our Lord, but this is the moment. Just as Moses laid his hands on Joshua, I'm going to lay my hands on you and your family. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray wisdom. I pray understanding. I pray knowledge and insight through the power of the Holy Spirit, living and breathing in this couple. I pray an open heaven an open heaven of provision. Lord, you've never left them, you've never forsaken them, and you never will. Your hand is upon them in this moment. For such a moment, for such a time as this. God, it is my honor to lay my hands on this family and impart to them an anointing of leadership and pass the baton and the mantle of leadership as the lead pastors of One Life Church in Napa, Idaho. So I pray this anointing, a double portion, triple portion, quadruple portion anointing in their lives as leaders for this season and the next in generations to come. The mantle of leadership is yours. I give that freely by the power of the Holy Spirit to you and I lay my hands on you. It is done by the authority of Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. We love you. We praise you, God. Thank you for this family. All honor, all glory, power, and praise to your name. As the King of kings and Lord of lords that you are, this church is yours. We love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Come on, throw your hands together right now for the Hubbard family, everybody. special day. What a special day. Um, We love you so much. And uh, we're really looking forward to what God's going to do. We're really looking forward to it. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. Um, A lot's been said today and a lot of incredible stuff. And uh, we had a lot more planned to say, but... uh, (laughs) I don't think it needs to be said today. I think we've, we've got years ahead of us. 
and uh, and that's going to be really good. But I think the the thing that uh, that I want to do today is just as we close, I just want to pray a blessing to be upon you. My shoulders asleep. <sighs> Jesus, I pray right now over your church, over your flock, the sheep of your pastor who know you by name. And Lord, I pray right now for a blessing to come upon every person here. Lord, every person who's online and also who's online and everybody in the room, Lord, that the blessing of the Holy Spirit would rest upon them. The anointing of the Holy Spirit would rest upon them. The provision of the Holy Spirit to rest upon them. The anointing of the Holy Spirit to rest upon them. Father, I pray over the flock of One Life Church that, Lord, you would come right now by your Spirit and do what only you can do. Lord, that you would blow our expectations away. God, everything that we expect for you to do, it would go beyond what we can even imagine. And Father, what we have in our minds and in our hearts, even the dreams that are in the hearts and the minds of those in this room for what you want to do in the valley, that Father, you are going to far supersede anything that we can comprehend or think or imagine because that is how you do things. And so Father, I pray that as we step into the days ahead, that God, that you would blow our wildest dreams and imagination, Father. Your thoughts are not our thoughts and your ways are not our ways. Higher, above the heavens. And Father, I pray that the, the prayers, the intercession, the dreams, the desires that have been planted in the hearts of this incredible church will come to pass. I declare it right now in the name of Jesus that they will come to pass and that the Lord will do an incredible work in the days ahead. When Joshua was getting ready to transition over and cross over to the Jordan, God spoke to him and said, tell the people to consecrate themselves. Set themselves apart. A new level of consecration a new level of holiness, a new level of set apart for the will and the kingdom of God, a new level of establishing that we are sons and daughters of the king, a new level of understanding that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And then God said to Joshua, get ready because tomorrow I'm going to start to show my wonders. The same thing he said at the burning bush, he said again, I showed my wonders before and I'm going to do it again. One life, get ready. So God is going to show his wonders in and through you. And I declare it, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> we're going to we're going to conclude but we we would not finish a service without this opportunity right here. If you're here in this room or you're watching online and you're far from the Lord, 
you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Very simply, everything we've been talking about today about the hand of the Lord and the leading of the Lord and the guiding of the Lord and the timing of the Lord and and all of these things. And you're here and you're like, I don't even have the first part of a relationship with the Lord. I want you to know he stands with his arms wide open for you today. And if you are in this place and you do not yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to give you the opportunity right now to respond and do that and make the best decision, the most important decision you will ever make that will start you on a trajectory of your life that will be incredible and amazing. And so if you're here this morning, we're all going to pray this prayer together because we're a family and families pray together. But if you're here this morning or you're online and you do not yet know the Lord and you say, you know what? I want to know this God that seems to be so cool in their lives. I want to introduce you to him. So I want us all to pray this. And if you're wanting to start that relationship with the Lord today, pray this with faith in your heart to believe that something is going to change in your life today. Let's pray this. Jesus. I come to you today and I recognize that I've done life on my own. I've carried my sin. I've carried my shame for long enough. And today I give it to you and I accept your free gift of grace, of forgiveness for my life. And I ask you to be the Lord of my life, to be in charge of my life, to call the shots to count, tell me which way to go. Today I make a decision to live for you for the rest of my life. And everybody said together, amen. Can we do this? Can we put our hands together for those that prayed that prayer for the first time today? We love you so much. Thank you for praying that.